0: We're also brought to you by Price Picks. Price Picks is DFS simplified. All you have to do is pick your favorite player over unders to cash in. Head over to PricePicks.com and use the promo code SGP for a 100% deposit match. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Use a promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Head over to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. We're also brought to you by Better Fantasy. BetterFantasy is a new free-to-play app that lets you sync your fantasy football league and bet on the head-to-head matchups. Download the app today or just head to betterfantasy.com slash SGPN. That's betterfantasy.com slash SGPN. We're also brought to you by Sobet. Sign up and bet against your friends and join the social betting revolution at sobet.io slash SGPN. That's sobet.io slash SGPN. And of course... Don't forget to download the SGPN app, your home for all of our free picks and free podcasts. Newcastle United.
1: Well, this is the place to be the hottest ticket in town, the place to be in the Premier League this weekend. A sight most never thought they would see again Cristiano Ronaldo. Walks out of the Old Trafford Tunnel Wearing the famous red shirt of Manchester United again Back into his kingdom To add to his legend Newcastle looking to try and keep Manchester United out here There's plenty happening inside the box And the header drops wide Rafael Varane made his way forward And on his home debut He was looking to write the headlines Matic out of boots and again there's Pogba Manchester United looking for a big finish to this half and that took a deflection Ronaldo For Newcastle, Sam Maximan is with him. Alan Sam Maximal. and there's the equaliser for Newcastle United. Manquillo striking home, party get crushed. Newcastle are just here. It's the dream! Lingard Paul Pogba Pogba again it's intricate from Manchester United it's brilliant from Manchester United Jesse Lingard
0: You are listening to Bet MUFC here on the Soccer Gambling Podcast. You can follow Bet MUFC on Twitter. It's at Bet MUFC. That's at Bet MUFC. You can also follow me on the Soccer Gambling Podcast Twitter account. I am at SGP Soccer. That's at SGP Soccer. To get all of my additional content, check out my website, lockbetting.com. That's lockbetting.com. We have just delivered our 13th week of profit in the NFL out of 16. That's 13 weeks of profit out of 16. And that included sweeping last weekend's Sunday slate and sweeping this Sunday slate as well. So we are red hot in the NFL on route to 103 months in a row of Transparent Trap Profit. It's been a month which has seen 23 days of profit out of 26 so far. And we look to finish strong here in the month of December. And if you do want to get yourself involved, there is no better time to sign up than January the 1st, where we'll be going for our 104th month in a row of Transparent Track Profit. Be a part of the money that we are winning over at LockBend.com. Start your new year right. January is going to be a massive month as we head towards the end of the NFL season. We are well into the season in the NBA and we are well into our domestic soccer season. In a couple of months, we'll have the return of the Champions League and the Europa League as well. As I mentioned on the EPL show, I haven't forgotten to do my reaction to the Champions League draw. It was just an error with the first draw and it had to be redone, which cut into my schedule. Uh, I couldn't do it on that day because I had to do it immediately after the show. I had to give my immediate reaction. And then suddenly the podcast started to bleed into other podcasts. So I decided to delay it. It's a very significant podcast when we look at the Champions League futures. I like it to sit on the top of the feed for a few days. Therefore, when we do clear out through this Christmas period, once the EPL games are done, we will release that Champions League reaction show to the last 16, along with some thoughts on the Europa League and Europa Conference League draws as well. And I'll be looking to bring that out around January the 1st. So make sure you check that out as well as we look to get through this hectic EPL schedule. At first, we're going to look at the Manchester United game here against Newcastle as we head towards the end of the show. But at first, I want to address the clip at the top of the show. That was the goals from the game between Manchester United and Newcastle at Old Trafford earlier on in the season. That was the hottest ticket in town. I got my tickets for various Manchester United home games at the start of the season. Post-pandemic, I wanted to go as much to as much football as I possibly could and that meant I immediately booked up the first eight or nine Manchester United home games and that included getting a Newcastle game. Suddenly, my £58 Manchester United ticket was going for three or four grand in the black market, in the tout market, because we had signed Ronaldo and that was going to be his debut game and it wasn't going to be televised. There was no way to secure... Any kind of TV deal, the rights deals had already been done. Therefore, all of the Sunday-Monday games had been allocated. BT had chosen their games. Amazon don't come in till Christmas. Sky had chosen all of their games. Therefore, you ended up with a Manchester United-Newcastle game on a 3pm kickoff on a Saturday with Ronaldo's debut and nobody having the TV rights to it. Intense, increasing the value of that ticket. I didn't end up selling my ticket in the end. I went with my son and we watched the dream debut for Manchester United's Cristiano Ronaldo or re-debut of Ronaldo as we won 4-1 against Newcastle and look like genuine contenders for the Premier League. Now, obviously, it is fair to say that things have not panned out how we wanted for Manchester United since we signed Cristiano Ronaldo. A record of nine, seven, and four tells you that, and the fact that we have sacked Ole Gunnar Solskjaer as the Manchester United manager and now have Ralph Ragnick in temporary charge. Ralph Ragnick has started unbeaten, and Manchester United are actually unbeaten since we lost to Oligon Solskjaer, winning four and drawing two. But where are we really at? Well, in my opinion, the Ronaldo signing, I would have to say, hasn't really worked. Now, I think this is a pivotal point to look at it as we face Newcastle again. This is the odd thing about the, the Premier League. We're not playing... Leeds again who we started the season against we are playing Newcastle again who we didn't play that long ago the season computer throws up this weird order of fixtures where we only seem to play Newcastle a couple of months ago and we are playing them again but that's not really a, a big point here it's a game where you can reflect on things where You look at last time you played Newcastle and where you're at and what the hopes and the situation was. And you look at this game here where you've lost the manager. You've got Ralph Ragnick in charge of your team. And realistically, you are out of the Premier League title race already. You also need to realistically ask the question of has this Cristiano Ronaldo signing actually worked for, for Manchester United? Well, if you look at the the individual record of Cristiano Ronaldo if you look at the stats then then yes it has worked but it's worked mainly for Cristiano Ronaldo there's no doubt about it he's got some key goals in the Champions League and had we not had Ronaldo there we may not have gone through but has it been too much of an issue to integrate Ronaldo into the team was it a massive disruption if you listen to the ex Juventus players who have spoken out against Ronaldo uh, when you're looking at Buffon and looking at a current player like Benucci, they've said that Cristiano Ronaldo was a disruptive influence yes he scored many goals and yes Juve did win titles while he was there but now that he's gone they're saying that he destroyed the infrastructure of Juventus as a team for me I think that's weak coming from players of that caliber I think they should be big enough to to be able to integrate Ronaldo into their team and take the reins especially when Ronaldo was just coming off his peak there's no doubt that he peaked in between his move to Manchester United and Real Madrid, he was in his peak years in his last couple of years at Man U, and then got even better at Real and Juve didn't get him at his peak and we certainly don't have him at his peak now. But it was at the end of his Real Madrid career where he started to evolve into a centre-forward and the Juve, Cristiano Ronaldo, was a very, very different player. That was an out-and-out centre-forward. That isn't what Manchester United had. That isn't what Real Madrid had at the beginning. And this out-and-out centre-forward is simply there to score goals. And if you want those goals, if you want those goals, goals that he delivers. You need to find a way to get him into the team. I don't know if Manchester United have solved that even at this point in the season and I don't think by the time we do, it's going to be much use to us. I don't think this is a season where we're going to win the Champions League, although that does offer us our best opportunity to win a major trophy if you don't consider the FA Cup to be a major trophy. I don't. I don't think it will be a good enough season if we win the FA Cup and finish in the top four, although it would be an improvement on what Ole Gunnar Solskjaer achieved there. Arguably, you could argue that getting into the Champions League, whether it be second, third or fourth and winning an actual trophy is better than what Ole did by finishing second and not winning a trophy and and losing a Europa League final. All of these things are debatable and it depends on what your opinion is. But in my opinion, I wouldn't be entirely happy with the FA Cup and, uh, and finishing fourth in the league looking at the expectations at the start of the season and the expectations were raised by two signings that made more sense the likes of uh, Rafa Varane coming in and sorting out that that back four and that is a big signing for us still to this point I think that's been successful if you look at the number of goals conceded without Varane in the team he has made a big difference that has been a successful signing as for Sancho I would say that has been a massively unsuccessful signing at this point but how much was he disrupted by the, the signing of Christian Ronaldo, when we were going to play with the original front three of Greenwood, Sancho, and Rashford, which would have given us a lot of pace, with Cavani being the spare man who could come in and out. Ronaldo completely changes that that philosophy and the way that you play the game and the way that you intended to set up on the counter uh, based on what you did successfully last season, and especially developing that unbelievable away record that Ole and Solskjaer had. Ronaldo was a disruptive factor in that. So when you had to completely change your style of play to integrate them, there is something to these comments that the Juventus players have made. Although I do think at their level, their professionalism should be a lot higher. And I don't think it is entirely necessary for these things to be said. But we'll just gloss over what these players did say. We'll start with uh, with Buffon. Buffon turned around and said uh, Juventus had the chance to win the Champions League. The first year he arrived, which was the year I was at Paris Saint-Germain and I couldn't figure out what happened. He's talking about Ronaldo here. When I returned, I worked with Ronaldo for two years and we did well together, but I think Juventus lost that DNA of being a team. We reached the Champions League final 2017 because we were a side full of experience but above all we were the single unit and there was this competition for places within the group that was very strong. We lost that with Ronaldo and this is off the back of in October Juventus captain Cialini criticising Ronaldo for his departure from the club in August and he labelled Manchester United a club that are more focused on the present. So they are the, the criticisms in a nutshell that he's had from Juve. Obviously, you look at Manchester United and you see that this hasn't been a successful season. Going 9-7-4 and four, since Ronaldo came along wasn't really what we intended when we signed him. And a lot of that has been padded by Michael Carrick and Ralph Ragnick taking over from Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. So we'll never know the answer if the signing of Cristiano Ronaldo did cost Ole Gunnar Solskjaer his job. But I don't think anybody was expecting that last time we played Newcastle and uh, romped to a 4-1 victory and all things looked rosy in the garden and it looked like Manchester United had signed the, the player that was going to carry us to the Premier League title or at least having some kind of challenge. But as we look at the league table at the moment and I understand Manchester United have games in hand which will hopefully take us back into the top four. I think that is going to be our maximum expectation from the Premier League this season as we are currently out of the title race and we would need some kind of miracle with us going on a incredible run under Ragnik and uh, a number of points being dropped all over the place by the likes of Liverpool, Chelsea and Manchester City for us to get back in the hunt. So what can we do realistically under Ragnik? Well, all looked well off the back of that 1-0 win against Crystal Palace and I tried to play down expectations because I knew it was just a 1-0 win and uh, it wasn't nothing to overreact to. I also likewise didn't really have a massive reaction to the young boys performance either. That was our B squad. I think the one thing I took away from that was the fact that our squad wasn't very strong. It certainly wasn't as strong as the likes of a Manchester City when you're looking at those players going in and not being able to beat a young boys team that didn't really have too much to play for. I know they had a vague chance of qualifying for the Europa League. And in the end, actually, had they beaten Manchester United, they would have got through to the Europa League because Villarreal did upset Atalanta and young boys having that win against Manchester United would have put them in the third place. So it wasn't really nothing to play for. But I don't think even if young boys have a low to play for, even if they're playing for their lives, they should be able to compete with Manchester United, be it us playing our full team or our rotated squad. Those are the players that should be competing for positions and every position should be competitive like it is for Manchester City. And I just don't see that. Manchester United, I think that made a good case for why Ole and wasn't rotating the squad. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer really seemed to only pick between the same 13-14 players and um, that was evident why when we couldn't beat young Boys. So I still didn't really judge Ragnik or Base too much off the back of the fact that we did a lot of things well in the Palace game and didn't look very good in the Youngboy's game, but I do judge him for that Norwich City performance. That was was one of the poorest performances of the season for manchester united to go away to norwich and escape with a win via a penalty for me that was a very very alarming result even made more alarming by the fact that arsenal have gone away to norwich today and won by five now i'm not saying that everybody needs to go away to norwich and make it look like an nfl blowout But it does say a lot when Manchester United not only don't go there and put up a big score like Arsenal, but they really struggled throughout the game. There were chances in that game for Norwich to to go ahead before Manchester United got the lucky breakthrough via a penalty. So that was a very, very disappointing and eye-opening performance. And it'll be interesting to see how Manchester United come out here against Newcastle. I was very, very suspicious When Manchester United cancelled the the Brighton game, allegedly we only had seven players who could play. The Premier League rules state that if you have 14 players available in your squad, you must play the game. So we got out of that game against Brighton and we haven't played now since that game against Norwich. And for me, I would feel like Manchester United almost wanted this to happen. A lot of the way that Ralph Ragnick wants to play can be taught and executed in the training ground in terms of winning the ball back as quickly as possible, which means there'll be a heavy emphasis on being able to press properly and being able to tactically press. And that's in addition to how to get the ball forward quicker and how to have a shot within 10 seconds of being in your opponent's third. That's something that Ralph Ragnick really tries to do. He tries to win the ball back within eight seconds. And we even seen um, footage of him training in the past where he has clocks up around the training ground where he likes his players to win the ball back in eight seconds and likes them to get a shot off within 10. Now, he would have been implementing these training tactics and he would have been trying to get it through to the players. And there now is really no excuse. The Ralph Ragnick way, although it doesn't take just two weeks to get players to play a certain way, he is going to need game times. But now I think the players will be much more ready given the time they've had. Yes, I understand the training ground was closed. And I understand certain players had covid but I also truly believe that Manchester United would have had a solid 10 days to a week to prepare for this upcoming game against Newcastle. And look, it's Newcastle. They're a team desperately looking to sign players in the January transfer window. So Eddie Howe can put his own mark on this team and he can use the new, newly inherited riches of Newcastle to rebuild this team and hopefully lead them to survival because they could be the richest team in the world playing in the championship next season unless things improve, and at the moment before they could do that despite the fact there has been some improvements they are a sitting duck and Manchester United playing at their best with everything Ralph Ragnick wants implemented effectively over this last one or two weeks without any games to distract them. Manchester United should have no real problems taking this Newcastle team to pieces Looking at the uh, the odds here for this game, it plays out tomorrow night, eight o'clock UK time, three p.m. East. Manchester United are the one to two minus two hundred favorites to pick up a win. It's eighteen to five here on the draw, and it's six to one here on Newcastle. Looking at some of the other markets here in this game, over two and a half goals is available here at four to six, with under two and a half goals here available at five to four both teams to score in this game it's yes at 4 to 6 and no at 10 to 11 looking at the Asian handicap markets Manchester United minus one is available here at four to five that means Manchester United need to need to win the game by two goals or more for you to cash this play but you get a push if Manchester United just win this game by a single goal and Manchester United minus 1.5 is available at five to four here that means Manchester United must win this game by two goals or more for you to cash there is no push here the minus one gives you push protection on the Asian handicap line the minus one point five dozen. And if you're feeling really, really good about Manchester United tomorrow, Manchester United minus two is available at five to two. That means Manchester United win need to win by three goals or more for you to cash this, but if they win by just two goals, you end up with a push and Manchester United win by just one goal or a draw or a loss for Manu obviously loses with this selection. For me, I like Manchester United to to win this game by by more than a goal tomorrow. To be on the safe side, I'll take the same Manchester United minus one that I took for the Norwich game. We ended up with a push in that one, so that would happen again if we just win by a single goal. I also like Man United and over two and a half goals, which is available at six to five plus 120. So you're getting plus money on that. I definitely see three goals in this game. Manchester United could easily score them themselves, but uh, both teams to score is also a possibility. The only reason reason why I feel that's not as likely to cash as it has done in previous Manchester United games. It's because Varane is back that does give give our defence a little bit more solidarity. But we have still conceded goals with Varane in the side because we've defended that badly this season. And Newcastle have a real shot of scoring tomorrow. Newcastle have only failed to score in two of their nine home league games a season. And they came against the best two defences in the Premier League so far. But I see Manchester United winning the game tomorrow. They've got no excuses. They aren't beaten in six games since Oligon and Solskjaer left and have won three in a row in the Premier League. While this Newcastle side, they're very poor. They have lost their last three league matches and have conceded 11 goals in the process. So Manchester United minus one and Manchester United and two and a half goals are my strongest leans here for this game as Manchester United resume their season and hopefully get back on the winning track. So that's it for me in this edition of Bet MUFC. When we come back on the next episode, we will be looking at this Newcastle game and then we'll be looking at the game against Burnley, which goes down on the 30th of January. And then after that, Manchester United play Wolves at home on the 3rd of January. So this is a very, very good Christmas period for Manchester United on paper. They have had postponements against Brentford and Brighton, but there are still nine points to play for here. And when you're looking at Newcastle away and home games against Burnley and Wolves, I would expect Manchester United to take maximum points from those games. That's it for me in this edition of BetMUFC. Good luck with all your bets as always. And thanks for listening.